going would be worth paying to see it, yes. to experience, to smell it. Um, and to, to be, yes, yeah. it, to relationship, it. yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, and build those relationships, and, and and so it can't be a once-off. I think that's that's probably something like because we're really good at that. We're really good at that. We're like, oh, yes, mm, we did this yeah. fantastic thing with uh, Rev Jeanette. We went to a church and we read the Bible together. And it was amazing, and then we came home uh, and swam in the pool, or you know, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it can't it can't be that, and it's got to change us. And no. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the the battle, the struggle. Sure. And so I do wonder yeah. if like with our with our churches, with our conferences, we've got to start reversing that direction. We've got to say, mm-hmm. what is it? Act? For those of us who don't know, we actually need to yeah. start knowing uh, people mm-hmm. and context. Yeah. It, it will change our faith. It will change the questions we sure. ask about our faith. Great. So, so one of the things that comes to mind here is the project, I want to call it, maybe the project is being unfair here, but I want to call it the project, the project of multi-ethnic churches. The thing that that I've seen happen within contexts like that is the is this 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 hope and this dream that people are in fact reading in proximity to mm-hmm. to one another um, mm-hmm. different levels of of need within that community sure. context but one of the things that people have often pointed out is that often there is a the the black and the poor church often lose mm-hmm. ministers mm-hmm. gifted ministers mm-hmm to go to white churches. And within that space, there's not a whole lot of diversity happening. It's, it's a very one-sided dominant culture thing happening there. And so when people read, there it's almost a kind of assimilation that is expected mm-hmm. um, uh, within what, what you want to call that proximity that people actually have. It actually is then proximity and not yeah in a sense, authentic relate, family. Yeah, mm. yeah with, with, within that context. But we don't see with the multi-ethnic church project the same happening for our white brothers moving towards yep. the township. Mm. I would like to see so members that of that the can, white so that, con- so that you know, that can from co- yeah, so that going actually that can happen. Yes, and actually yeah. fellowshipping there and mm. not, not visiting. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the challenge. That's mm-hmm. the challenge. So when we say, you know, to a middle-class person listening to this, you need to do this more. Mm-hmm. The question is, what are the costs? Mm-hmm. And we are not willing to pay the costs yep. for, for the actual, what this means to read in yep. proximity with the poor. What this means to read as a family of believers Mm-hmm. Uh, in community with one another, we, mm-hmm. we, the, 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 the implications, the true implications of those mm-hmm. questions, and that, 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 that tugs at us is, yeah. I can't possibly be, mm-hmm. be in, in, in that space. We, we just don't want to go there. And I, and I, and I resonate so much with what you're saying, um, having in that, having ministered in that space for a, for a long time, seeing the, the faces of kids, as I'm reading scripture, as I'm pouring my heart out as I'm sweating and t- telling them to, to this, this, this gospel, when the bullets go off, mm. none of them are listening to me. Yeah. They are scared and you think to yourself, but you guys live here. Mm. You should be used to it. <laughs> no, right? no, it's, no there's, there's no getting used to this mm. at any point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's even more, even more 
devastating when it happens in front of your door and you can hear it like it's happening inside the building, the bullets mm-hmm. going off. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing those little faces and having to, to hold things together as the pastor, mm-hmm. as you're continuing reading this thing. Yeah. Because what do you do? You 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 either yeah. pause and you do focus you stop, on that, you you, or you or you, <laughs> con- or you continue reading because you can't go out. You can't. Yeah. It's 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 costly. Yeah, it's costly. I was just thinking, is like while both of you are talking, is like we're absolutely not trained to even think about this to to reflect on scripture like this, to think about ministry context like it. And I don't think at any of our theological colleges us training seminaries, maybe there's some I'm, I'm not aware of, but it's just not part of it. And and, and that's got to be heavily problematic. I mean, mm-hmm. and so we, we've never, we, we don't, we're not even trained to do ministry uh, with the poor in mind, with anything other than the suburban context in mind often. I mean, I, I know friends of mine who said that they, they, you know, they studied at theological college and then they went back to a township setting and they said, I, I had to spend almost two years unlearning so much of what I'd learned. Not that there was no benefit, but they, there was so much they had to unlearn in order to be of value in their context. Yeah, no, totally. I That's think we, 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 we are not prepared. Like, I think a lot of ministers, and I think that's one of the reasons why I I am where I am, like, you know, doing doing the work that I am and, you know, having these some of these reflections is because even for me, you know, even if I, you know, grew up in a, in, in, in a poor, you know, context and being in seminary and, you know, yeah, the, we talk about the poor, right? And then, and then, and then we talk about them in the scripture, but then it's like such a vague idea um, and not a, not a, not a tangible thing. And then, so you mm-hmm. come back and have all yeah. this absolutely huge knowledge that you've gained and all these huge terms you've gained and the people that are sitting in front of you in the congregation, the thing is, you know, um, my son was just beat up. Uh, he came home with blood and I'm late for church because I had to clean him up. Um, yeah. What do you preach there? What yeah. someone should, I mean, what someone do you prepare, right? So, um, yeah. and, and I think, so for us to recognize that, because we have not been trained to do this, a lot of seminaries don't train people to like, are you going to be a minister in an informal settlement? Are you going to be a minister in college? Are you going to be a minister in, you know? So they train you as if you're going to be another philosopher, this, you know, because it's like theology is a philosophy, right? So it's, a, it's, it's absolutely. And that's what you do. So you have, you walk yeah. away with all this philosophy. And philosophy is what? It's idealization, it's ideas and, and thoughts. And, mm. you know, we can sit here. That's what Paul did, right? In the gate of Ephesus. <laughs> Let's reason together. Yeah. So we sit here and yeah. we reason together. But people who are coming to your congregation, they're not here to reason with you. They're asking mm. questions. Where, is God. They're asking questions, you know, um, you know, does he really indeed love me? Is he there? You know, is is this true what you're saying? Um, uh, You know, is this the gospel, you know, is the gospel good news? Is it good news? Um, And when Jesus says, you know, pray for daily bread, does he really mean that? That's what they're asking. They're not asking, you know, how fantastic your reasoning together is. And that's what we do with theology, right? So we reason, it's like, oh, you're going to, you know, a spice of psychology, a spice of sociology, a spice of, you know, like we bring all of this ologists together Mm. in our theology. And then that's what we come home with. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And then you hit the streets, and and then you hear that while you were preaching, somebody was being, you know, uh, bleeding out. And I, the, the church that I pastored before I came to Kailisha here was in the village, but 
there was some really, you know, not always good stuff going on. Um, but I remember the one time when I had a faint voice of somebody calling me, one of the young boys in the church, who I just had him from a distance calling me. And I can see him walking. He's walking towards me. He has his hands like on his stomach, right? So I hear him. And as I see, his hands are full of blood. And literally as he came close, so he's holding his stomach on his, you know, like with his hands in because he's been stabbed and his mm. stomach is, and now you're a minister. And then you're like, what do you do, right? Yeah. Um, we have not, so the other thing is like, because we're not trained to be like in these kinds of conditions. Nope. So you don't know what first aid is. So you have to go figure that out because now this is the context you work in because you got to figure out how to do first aid because you're going to you're gonna run into these situations, right? Sure. But you don't know how to do this. You're not taught, you know, how do you have relationships with the police? I mean, how do you have relationships yeah. with with, with with the healthcare workers, with the ambulances, with the social, because these is just your, so, so you're not having ideas about sociology. You're having ideas with the social location of where you are. And so figuring all of these out, we have to figure it out once you hit the ground, right? We have not been prepared for that. And then I think I would commend some, some, some seminaries who are trying hard to say, okay, we need to rethink. We need to start to, you know, like prepare people with practical skills, and all of this knowledge, because it's, it's valuable. It's not like it's not valuable knowledge. It's valuable, but it doesn't make you ready to, mm. for God to be known where you are. Come on. It hasn't made you, it, yeah. it has not prepared you for that. Mm. It's prepared you for yeah. everything else, but for God to be known. Like, how is mm. God going to be known in my context? Mm-hmm. Right? That's sure. the whole important thing. And and so he's not going to be known if I come back with all this big knowledge mm. um, that sits in my head. But he's mm. going to be known with my hands when yeah. I take that boy and took his stomach and hold it sure. all the way to the hospital. That's how God is going to be known, that he mm. loves and he cares. Mm. Um, so And sure. so those kinds of things, that, that's why the location will also matter. Mm-hmm. And that how do we prepare yeah. ministry? Mm. You and I, John, belong to a sort of a church tradition or we coming from a church tradition. And um, this is one of those issues or one of those things that are, that somebody listening to this might be going off like, what are these guys saying? <laughs> a new listener or somebody. And usually, you know, these things get, labels get thrown out. You talk the mm-hmm. way we're talking. Um, one of those things are liberation theology. Um, why are evangelicals, even in particular white evangelicals, so afraid of liberation theology? What's what's going on there? Maybe you want to define it. Any kind of talk today about social justice in any form uh, within white evangelical spaces, you get a label yes. and you are a critical race theorist. Now, we, we, we know all the labels. These are timeless yes. labels that has come since apartheid. This is Marxist. Um, communist, all <laughs> communist, all kinds of things. I, I, man, it's. Forgive me. I just had to pull something out because, like you know, I'm a proper theologian. I have dictionary of theology. Like you can have a dictionary. <laughs> Wait, you just talk about big words here, and now you're yeah, exactly. Going to the you know, like for for those who are feeling like, what is she? She doesn't even know what she's talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but actually, so it's, I mean, like there is that you know, you can have a definition of liberation theology as. As actually, I love the word because it's liberation theology. It literally is about liberation. It's about freedom. Um, it's, 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 it's recognizing that um, theology in a traditional sense does not speak to 
the freedoms of the people. So you can talk about all kinds of different freedoms, like it's mm. limited in speaking to what people are actually experiencing as oppression mm. and shackling uh, sure. of any form. Uh, and so liberation yeah. theology will then speak to all those kinds of shackles and, and, and oppressions um, that says, no, God actually is a God of liberation. He wants to free us. Um, and then so and then we would go where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? Amen. There is liberty. Amen. <laughs> and so liberation theology basically says that it says whatever form of, uh, of shackling, um, of oppression that exists, um, then we want to speak to, to that. We want to speak. It's a theology that says, no, uh, the God talk must be inclusive of liberating oh. people. It mm-hmm. must free people. Um, if, if there's oppression, so you'd think about your feminist theology, right? So feminist theology is saying women are oppressed and therefore the God talk must speak to the freedom of women um, right. and to their liberation. And then so you'd have your black theology that recognizes the oppression of black people um, that says black people are living under oppressive circumstances and the God talk, right? Theology, God talk. Mm. <laughs> the God talk must include the freedom of the black people and so right. on. And so liberation theology basically I would put it in that sense in, in the simplest terms and not using the, the big words um, in, the, in the form of, you know, the dictionary sense. Yes, white evangelicals afraid. And I'm not only speaking about just white evangelicals. I think evangelicals, uh, whites being at the top of it and others evangelicals also being, you know, they afraid of liberation theology because somehow the political ideologies, right, have and the social and political ideologies have in a way influencing and the religious sector as well so that we have identified and we have sort of put um the political ideologies that we treasure the most very equal to the traditional theology um and then and then those other ideologies uh, where liberation. Oh, but those are not. But those. But those are not. Those are not political. Those are biblical issues. Yeah. The ones that you're talking about, that's on top right there with yeah. the other theologies, yeah. with yeah. evangelicals up there. Mm-hmm. Those are biblical issues. Those mm. are not political. <laughs> let's not get confused now. The stuff exactly. you're talking let's not about. Get conf- what are you talking about? Okay, right. Let's let's not um, get confused. The stuff so, you're so, talking so, about. People being shot. People being. Those are. Those are. Speak to your local ANC counts, ward counts. See, yeah. exactly, because that has nothing to do with the church, yeah. right? But yeah. the, the, you know, the, 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 our our capitalism and our patriotism and all of that mm. are really, really spiritual. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, so they're up there. They're up there. They're up there. And and so I think we are afraid because, in in a sense, we see the influence of these other movements that are not within the church, and then we've sort of, I, you know, like plug that and then you know label them mm-hmm. in that sense we are also afraid of it because evangelicals have been the people married to power Ooh. liberation oh, theology challenges that power come on it's uncomfortable oh yeah um, and so we will not Ooh. so it will we will always be afraid of losing the privilege that we've That's gained it. as 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 evangelicals, yeah, uh, and so we would always just feel like, oh no, no, that's you know. I mean, I remember you know someone's about like you know how communism is is evil, 
And I'm like, and then what we have is not, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah. so, so, and and then we say, like, liberation theology is communist. It's it's a communism agenda. It's a it's a political communism agenda. And so we cannot take it. And I'm like, um, but your military worship Come on. is not is is godly. Mm-mm. Um, you know, there's the power yeah. that you have mm. to to. to, to that is godly. That the yeah. accumulation of wealth is godly. Yeah. Um, and then the sharing in the communism is not. Mm. It's not mm. biblical. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, mm. yeah, because we we we've just so put like black and white. This is evil, and this is good. Yeah. And even when we married culture and 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 religion. We did not even recognize that, and and, and evangelicalism. Yeah. We know that it carries. Uh, I don't want to say so. It's like for me, it's like evangelicalism and Americanism. <laughs> yeah, no, come on. Almost like synonym. Yeah, can be. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's it's it shouldn't be, mm. and it is not. But if you think about how evangelicals live and how um, um, white supremacist ideology and evangelicalism the fundamentalism that yeah. we will protect our territory that we will yeah. we can justify certain things and then dismiss other things and then and and at the same time the very things we dismiss are in the bible mm. and the things that we do not uh, that we hold dear to are contrary to the bible but oh no 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 but because it's yeah. not in a poor community but doesn't it come yeah. to that, that that idea that if we are if we're only and i speak here as a as a white male here, that if we are only reading the Bible with people like ourselves, we will never have those narratives questioned. Like I've never, I've, and I've been part of many white churches growing up, and I've never had anyone raise any questions around capitalism. And yes, for anyone asking the economists and people smarter than me, there is no one perfect system, but we've at least got to recognize the problems within capitalism. We've got to recognize capitalism. But we want, right? We, we've got to recognize the, the the evil wed with capitalism, with colonialism, with slavery, all of those that were designed to. And we've got to ask those questions. If it is the best system, and I'm not saying it isn't, but if you want to argue that, then we've got to reckon with, with, with those the, those with, with, yeah. We've got to reckon with yeah. the fact that white males in particular but and white females have benefited exponentially from that system yeah how, how did mm-hmm. that work out uh was that just you know like is it that's not creation that's not creationally ordained and if you do then you've got other problems we need to talk about that's for another podcast if you believe that mm-hmm. but and so and so we've yes. got the question is who benefits from that and i just want, mm-hmm. and then the problem is then we've created a theology that backs up around it that yeah, power that and privilege so which religion, is that spiritualized yes that spiritualized theology yes which doesn't yes. see horizontal, sure. doesn't see contextual issues. And, and I think, you know, as, as, as long as we, um, you know, somebody said the perfect world will have no humans in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Right? laughs> we will have the tendencies to create these systems and the structures that uh, somehow they will have this, these, these, these this, um, weaknesses. And then, yeah. you know, so we, when we're thinking about it, I mean, like, I, I think about it in the context, you know, when we think about the Jubilee in the Bible, um, you know, one of the, the, the preachers I, I like to listen to uh, said something about um, the fact that Jubilee was there because when we create the systems, even if when you know flattened, then we all start together. There will be those who exploit others. There will be those who 
end up being poor because of, you know, for different reasons. Sure. So, and, and then therefore that's why you need a reset button every so often to remind ourselves that we are all equal because the mo- we will create these systems. So we create these systems. So I'm, you know, so when I'm saying like, you know, communism or socialism, those are good. I'm not saying they're good that they, you know, I'm saying that there are principles in there that are actually biblical, but we won't oh, wow. even see them yeah. because we have labeled it as evil. Yes. And then the very same thing that we hold on to right now, the principles that are contrary to the biblical text that, but we hold on to dearly because we have married power to it. Um, and so we, we can't recognize all of these things. So all I'm saying is when we begin to stretch our imagination and stretch our thinking and stretch the way that we see the world, we recognize these things. Mm. Okay. I'm an evangelical. I have, a, you know, there's, you know, evangelicalism, Trump is, Hey, hello, you know, the world. So yeah. I'm just saying like, these things are small, but we can't see them. Yeah. And they have such huge impact. The result sure. of them, uh, they might be small, but they have yeah. really great implications of our faith and our church sure. and how we understand God. And so yeah. to be able to recognize those minor things, that we think they're minor, they're not minor because they have such huge implications. But we can yeah. recognize that, um, yeah. you know, and saying as, as evangelicals, Liberation theology is not evil. Liberation theology is saying to us, look at the text differently. There's a God that you haven't seen in the mm-hmm. Bible because you're only looking at the God of somewhere else, right? Ooh, so to yeah. be able to recognize that. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible when I think about this for people is, I, I always like, you know, let's re- read that text again. Like there's two texts in, in, in Luke um, yeah. that I always take people, I'm like, read that again. Like read it and read it and yeah. read it. Because we've preached it in a way that I'm like, read it again. Because you will see something there. Yeah, Yeah, you'll see something in there that you actually have not seen because as an evangelical, you have always held on to this idea that this is what the text is talking about. But I'm like, read it again. (laughs) Read it again. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And read it again. And and pause at certain times and read it again, right? So um, for me, that's one of the things I'm saying. Like, if we do that as evangelicals, we will not be afraid of evangelical theology. I mean, of liberation theology. Mm. Yes, I'm talking liberation theology, but I'm talking about it in a sense that I, as an evangelical, I am an evangelical, that I recognize how some of these lenses have blinded me to experiencing the fullness of God. Amen. That's all we yeah. want. I, I want to. I want to get into some of the just just two final practical questions for the person listening to this. I think the one thing that has always been a painful thing for me with these conversations is, particularly with liberation theology and and all the the isms get that can and labels that get thrown at people who are who are actually doing the work in communities that many of these evangelicals don't even dare wanna go towards and and invest in when we think about missions we we happy to go to tanzania and all, all yeah. around africa and all mm-hmm. around, but but back home because what happens is the guy will confront you and say but there's a history attached to this and let's 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 get into our the pain and the mm-hmm. the reasons behind why it is that, that the poor is living in the context that, that they are living and struggling with the things they are living the thing that often gets me is nobody's asking the question why does it all why does the poor seem to gravitate mm-hmm. towards liberation theology often mm-hmm. 
Mm. Nobody's asking that question. Everybody is going for an ideology. Everybody's wanting to dismantle an ideology, but nobody's Mm. sitting and asking, why are they all just going there? Yeah. What have they heard that I haven't heard? Because clearly what I'm seeing is the best thing for them, but they just don't see that. (laughs) So maybe it's not the best thing. Uh, no, I, and, I and totally it, agree with you. And it speaks. Like, and it speaks to the question of yeah. it's what you're saying. We're not a yeah. household, and so you, you you're not in my house, and, yeah. and you don't know what it's mm, what it's like. Yeah. And so yeah, even if people good. don't even know the term liberation mm. theology, but in their in their way in that the, they do they things, you yeah. they express themselves mm. and they gravitate towards that more closely. Mm. Now you label them. They're like, oh, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I was I was called a communist. I was like, <laughs> I had to look up the word. Oh, okay. I actually had to, <laughs> and that was that happened in 2014, I think. Wow. It it's around there. I was like, what are you? What is this guy? What is this guy talking mm-hmm. about? So, so here's the question of mm-hmm. what more practicals. Speak to the listener who has, through listening to this discussion, began to realize the deficiencies and dangers of how they read the scripture and formulate their, in formulating their theology? How do they begin to both learn and practice reading the Bible as a family mm. or, faith, or, 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 or as a faith community? Sure. Not in proximity. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, first of all, for me, the, the simplest and easiest thing to do I would say begin to read books by authors from that context who are different from you. The reason why I begin by reading is good intentions, you'll create more harm if you just rush this process. Um, And so taking your time and saying, doing some reading, some researching, and let that shake your thinking first, um, in a way almost orienting yourself to a context you're not familiar with. Read commentaries yeah. of scripture that are not your typical theologians that you're used to, um, that are really looking at scripture differently, that you begin to like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't see that, or oh, I didn't hear that. Listen to preachers that are not from your context. Listen, there are preachers out there, they're great preachers of the word that can expound on some of these things. So listen to them. In a way that's because one of the challenges I have is, let's put it, you know, we know that poverty in South Africa is racial and we, we can't run away from that. That the task, especially from middle class and even, the, you know, in the white community, falls on black people again to do the hard work. Yeah. When we want to do, you know, we want, when we want to be the household it falls on us again. Like, why do we, mm. we are oppressed. We're trying to free ourselves. And now all of a sudden we are responsible to free you as well. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> you know? On, so why should on. we do the double work for ourselves and for you? So why not do, why don't you dig yourself? Why don't you put yourself in a place where you do the hard work? And then after you've prepared yourself, build relationships, because one of the things is once you do that, you be, your lens begins to change we have to be aware of the power dynamics. I say to people, mm. what we don't recognize, I think, David, you mentioned that, you know, in some, we have some of these, you know, um, multiracial churches or multiracial groups and whatnot. And we 
are never con- we are never aware or conscious of the fact that there are power dynamics that black people yeah. have to do the dancing around in those spaces mm. whether we be given a platform or not given a platform i have to adapt for example we're doing this podcast in english why are we doing it in english why can i not do it in my own language because the rest of the people don't understand my language they will not know my language right i have to adjust myself yep. constantly it's true yeah to that mm. space um and and so we constantly are doing this dance around like what's acceptable here what's not acceptable mm. so we're molding and folding ourselves in such a way that you can be comfortable to build relationships with us mm, right so, so how do you then how do you mold yourself to be a friend of mine there we go right mm. how do you how do you shape yourself how do you do the dancing and not me do the dancing how mm. do you become in how do you come into my space and coming into your space like i've not even figured out those things and so when we sit around the table and we want to build relationships there's a power da- there's a power at play all the time whether we like it or not there's a power play mm-hmm. um and so unless we acknowledge those things unless we become aware that as a white male i my presence says something else shifts the environment in a certain way the space i am in is altered you don't have to say anything your presence alone yep changes everything in the space but if you don't know that right if you're not conscious of that cuz nobody told you that you're going to come in and you're going to be want to be my friend and i'm like you know if you if i'm conscious like me i'll be like uh hence you know like excuse like you know yeah. what what are you doing but if you're not conscious what do you do you fold right mm fault and the direction of this relationship will be your way yeah. and you will be claiming oh i'm friends with takani i you know i got a black friend in kylie child go visit all the time and that, that, that. Yeah, yeah. you're still in proximity because that friendship is not real yeah, because true. i folded myself mm. so that you will be comfortable so that you can build a relationship with me mm, yeah. and that relationship is fake it's unreal mm-hmm. you so you whatever text that we're going to read together even if you may think that you trust me I don't trust you. Yeah. Because you're not my brother yet. Yo. You my you my proximity, <laughs> you my right there, right? That's not going to let me get away we're with watching, that word, I see. We we watching each we watching each other. I'm watching yeah. you, but you yeah. know, so those kinds of things so, so those relationships that sometimes they're not they're not they're not real, they're not genuine. Mm. But when you are conscious as a white male, you know the posture you should take. And sometimes I say to people it's not it's way behind it's the posture way 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 behind when your presence with me i will know like i would not know that you're a white male because you've postured yourself differently hmm. and then i can be you know because you can use the right language but your posture yeah. you know mm. and that's something that you you can't do in my presence that's not something i can teach you that's mm. something that you have to do the work cuz i am exhausted as a black woman mm. trying to teach white people this is how you must behave this is what you must do this is mm. offensive this is not offensive that's the work that you need to do at home mm. so i'm saying the practical step is for you to begin to say i'm going to read books i'm going to read i'm going to listen to sermons i'm going to read commentary that's different let it challenge me and then when i'm invited in the space i will know what posture to take because oh, now good. i am conscious of the fact that i am white i am male i'm female you know and and mm. and then i take a different posture on the table and the relationships will become so different because your posture has been different 
Sure. So that's a practical thing for me to do. Yeah. Sure. That so when you come visit my church, one. then I know you have the right posture, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A final one, Rev Tikani. Yeah. Uh, Takani. I want us to dream a little bit prophetically. Paint for us a picture of hope, which not only deconstructs unjust practices, but perhaps more significantly begin to imagine a new way of reading the, the scriptures as a, as a family faith community. I want to read a scripture for that, if that's okay. Um, so I'll just to, 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 <laughs> <laughs> to get us, to kick us going in that, in, in, in that, um, to, for me to paint a picture of the kingdom. So mm. there's, um, uh, the scripture in Luke 18, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, the first verse, I'm not going to read the entire chapter because it speaks about the entire chapter, but the verse there in verse one, it says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Yeah, we had that, right? So he told them a parable to say they must pray. Now, what is the parable that Jesus tells them <laughs> about prayer? <laughs> oh, right. And then he says there was a certain woman, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who went to a judge who neither feared God and basically the whole thing is this woman needed to say, do justice for me to the judge. Yeah, yeah. Now that prayer. He's pleading. Yeah. Yeah. He's pleading. Now, isn't, I, I find very interesting that Jesus's parable on prayer is about justice. Sure. A widow seeking justice. Yeah. Now, we never think about that as prayer, right? No, no. So I say the, paint, the picture of the kingdom is prayer. Oh, we love to pray. Let's pray. This is the prayer. <laughs> sure. I'm saying let's pray as a church of Christ. Let's pray. Seek justice. Never stop, he says to the widow. Sure. Continue yeah. to knock on that door until you get justice. The next parable he talks, he tells. So now he says to some, in verse 9, he says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. This is in the same scripture, right? Jesus told them this parable. Two men went to the temple to pray. Mm. One was a Pharisee and the other one was a text collector. <laughs> it's about prayer. Pharisee, text collector. Ah, who gets forgiven, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, prayer. Hey, this is about prayer. Yeah. (laughs) And then the next parable, little children Hmm. who are being denied. So people were bringing up children and then they're like, disciples are like, no, stop them. And Jesus is like, bring them up. Right. These ones. This whole chapter is about prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next parable is the rich ruler. Mm. So this whole chapter is like those who experience injustice, those are the people who are saying seek justice. Yeah. And those who are, who are not, who are oppressing, those who are in the positions of power, give it up, do justice. Right. So prayer for me, like the picture of the kingdom is those people, like when we're talking about the household, is exactly this chapter. It's, it's looking at who in the body of believers are experiencing injustice and what does prayer look like for them? 
it sure. looks like seeking justice, mm. right? Yeah. It's the widow, it's the children, it's the, uh, uh, you know, the, um, the tax collector, mm. basically an outcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? And now, hey, you're too much of a sinner. You don't, you're not welcome here because, you, you know, you, you're corrupt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. right? And he says, seek justice. And sure. those in positions of power, he says to them, you know, the, do justice, do justice. Yeah. And so the household of God would look like this. Wow. And that's a, for me, that's a practical thing to say. The picture of the kingdom would look like people coming, those in positions of power, giving up their power to meet those who are seeking justice. So it has to be this way. So we can never just say, oh, you must do this. So we can never must do this. Household. We come together and that's how, that's why you break the walls. We have to break down those walls. So the Mm, practicality of it and churches that are able to say, we actually are brave people on positions of power are giving up their power in this space. And those without power are gaining power. And by gaining the power, because, you know, one of the challenges I say to some of my, you know, my, my, my fellow activists, and I say to them, you need to always be, careful that you do not become the very thing you're fighting right so that when we do this so we not come here and then we do that because we're just doing exactly the same thing we just wanted to sit at the head of the table that's not that's what we were fighting for we were not fighting for anything else but actually the kingdom of god would look like what would look like those in positions of power and privilege giving it up so that those without positions of power and privilege will gain it And that yeah. would be a household together. Sure. So that's breaking down the walls. And so that has to begin in the church. So I say to, that's for me the practicality. The kingdom would look beautiful because we sit around the table. There's enough room for everybody. There's enough yeah. food for everybody. There is enough for everybody. Enough. Remember the story of manna? If you hoard, it stinks yeah. and spoils. So yeah. we must remember that. And so coming, we're having the church come together to do that. That's a practicality thing for me. Mm. It's like, do, let's do this. It's a picture of the kingdom where everybody flourishes. Not some, but everyone that's flourishes. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's a picture of hope. And thanks for thanks for taking us to actual scripture and doing some reading. This that was actually reading in proximity because you you are not with us, well, but we are family. We are family. Yes, yeah. we are family. family. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reverend Sakani, uh, it's been such an honor and a blessing Absolutely. and a privilege to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Just just, just thank you so much for sharing mm. your heart and sharing what's real. If ever anybody missed a picture of what it means to read in proximity or to be in relationship with people, with the poor, in particular, because we, we said this time and time again, poverty is racialized. What does it mean to be in the relationship with a fellow South African who happens to be a person of color? What does that mean for us as the family and household of God who've been made one new man, one body being reconciled to God? What does that look like for us? I, I don't think any of us can, can, can forget the images in the picture, the kind of things you said about bullets going off, suffering and struggling, mm. And what people are processing and thinking as they sit with the scriptures in hand. Um, so yeah, it's it's a massive challenge. It's an enormous challenge. 
Revtukani was was on fire today, and I'm really really grateful. <laughs> no, no, no you gave me a lot today. I don't I, I don't care about the rest of the readers. I'm just uh, or the listeners. I was just here. I was just here to learn myself to to grow me. So uh, so so anyone else listening? Yeah, they're, well, they're we'll just open extra. They're extra, man. <laughs> <laughs> all of you listening, all of you readers listening. Ah, uh, you can follow Yellow Menso on Twitter. Unnecessary. <laughs> Listen, come on, man. Come on. We, we're trying to be professional. Yeah. Trying to be professional. <laughs> you can follow us at Yellow Mensa uh, on Twitter or Isipombano on Facebook and get involved in the discussions. Um, give us your comments, give us your feedback. Love to hear from you guys. Drop us an email, drop us an inbox. Um, love to engage with you. If you find any of this helpful, uh, share it with a loved one. Share it with a loved one. Um, this audio was produced by Exilic Music. You can find them at www.exilic.co.za. I'm David signing out. And I'm John saying we got work to do.